Hello, I'm the real fake Johnny Cash, and I want to tell you about Big Coal's big plans to strip mine American lands and send millions of tons of coal on trains and barges through the wild and scenic Columbia River Gorge. The little bit of coal they're already sending blows off the tops of trains and into the Columbia and other waterways. Imagine if they increased it tenfold. for the end of the world. This is Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again, the circle of family, circle of friends, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. 
This is your community spirit on your community radio. And my name is Treesong. And we are trying to get Orr on the line here. Orr is off in other worlds, other dimensions right now. <laughs> but we will make one more effort to get him on the air. In the meantime, we will go back to this. This album is called Drum Medicine. This is one of my uh, favorites, uh, sort of relaxing drum music albums. So enjoy. Good day. Hello. I can hear you. And we can hear you too. All right. <laughs> so how, how's it going for you? How are you, how are you coming in? We're coming across, uh, across the ocean now, aren't we? <laughs> Very much so, yeah. Um, job, I was on the board right now, uh, ending and we install next time. Be fun. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we're, we're you're breaking up a little bit there. I think we still got you. So shall we get into some of the news here? Okay, let me try. Yeah, you want to talk about Johnny Cash going <laughs> hog wild? Yeah, yeah. We played that while we were getting you ready. We played that song that they're talking about in this article, the real fake Johnny Cash. Yeah, it was a version of Folsom Prison Blues that was about the coal train blues. And it's about the pollution from coal transportation. And it really, he does a pretty good impression. He sounded, I mean, you could tell it wasn't really Johnny Cash, but he sounded pretty close. He calls himself counterfeit cash. And yeah, this is, we've talked about We've talked about We've talked about this before. It's uh, the big coal terminal that they're planning on the West Coast. And it's a coal export plant that would take 8 to 100 million metric tons of coal. And that's a lot of coal. So, yeah, it's there are people in the region who are protesting against it, and they came up with this song. And so they're uh, doing what they can to stop that. And I thought it was, I like, you know, I like good music, and I like people talking about the effects of fossil fuel use, so I thought it was a good combo. But I mean, why should anybody care? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's some care cares, right? Yeah. Well, some people don't care. Some people are trying to make it happen, so they must obviously not care about the pollution. But it is affecting climate change as well. I mean, part of the reason they're protesting there is because they're afraid of the soot in their region being increased, you know, from burning fossil fuels. But it's going to affect the entire climate if. Uh, people, people burn this wherever they burn it. Even if they burn it overseas, we may not be breathing the soot, but we will be feeling the effects of climate change. Speaking of other coal uh, training disasters, we might have to get used to um, the fact of oil trains exploding. You know, those oil hauling trains exploding. Yeah. Safety rules to prevent oil train explosions delayed. New rules to require railroads to use stronger cars for transporting crude will not be ready until next year, the federal government announced this week. 
Now, if they had announced that like a couple weeks ago, we were like, okay, next year, you know, it's just around the corner. But this is the beginning of the year, so next year is not until 2015. Yeah. So new regulations that would force older tank cars to be upgraded or phased out or underdeveloped, but will not be proposed until November 12th, and then will be subject to public comment period until January 12th, according to the Department of Transportation. Yeah, apparently. And of course, the initial timeline could shift as the process continues. The pipeline and hazardous material safety administration spokesman Gordon Dalicumbri. Yeah. So 2015 is the earliest they're going to do it now, it sounds like. I mean, the issue 70% of the nation's tanker fleet puncture easily. The, I mean, the DOT 111 tanker rail cars, I mean, why would you want to feed that wording at all? Puncture easily. Yeah. Usually puncture easily when you're talking about something that contains flammable fuels and explodable fuels, you know, that's, that's not one of those words you want to read in the description of the cargo containers. And I mean, the issue is, what, what's really at stake and what's really the issue is the fact that a lot of these fracking, um, the, the fracking chemicals that they use in the fracking process are hazardous and caustic and, and flammable, but nobody knows what they are because it's supposed to be a trade secret. And therefore, um, that issue is when the tanker cars do leak or Nobody knows how to contain it because they don't know what the chemicals that are in there are. Yeah. Well, it's kind of ironic to me, you know, that we're supposed, you know, we end up having to uh, have all of our emails and such read by the government. But um, it'd be it'd be a shame for these companies to have to tell the government what's in their tankers that they're carrying around. I guess. I guess apparently exploding oil tankers are not as serious as some as what's in your email. <laughs> well, we've only had like three major explosions so far, and they've all been in extreme rural areas. Hmm. So I guess we're waiting until one explodes in a major metropolitan area first. Yeah. Well, apparently, it is something. I mean, you. Can, I suppose we can try talking to politicians and try to get them to do something sooner than that, but it's it's looking like that's the track they're currently on. This is funny. Um, environmental groups are telling President Obama to, it's time to stop his climate screwing all the above energy strategy. That's a technical term, huh? Climate screwing? Yeah. <laughs> so... Big green groups demand an end to above all of the entered above energy strategy. Man, there's some big shots in here. 18 groups sent this letter to Thursday. Yeah, it's 18 groups. It's uh, a lot of groups. The Sierra Club, League of Conservation Voters, National Wildlife Federation, Oceana. Environmental Defense Fund, National Resource Defense Council, they're all telling Obama that they want him to, uh, 
That they're saying his strategy, quote, fails to prioritize clean energy and solutions that have already begun to replace fossil fuels. So, here's a little bit from the statement. They say that we believe that continued reliance on an all-of-the-above energy strategy would be fundamentally at odds with your goal of cutting carbon pollution and would undermine our nation's capacity to respond to the threat of climate disruption. With record-high atmospheric carbon concentrations and the rising threat of extreme heat, drought, wildfires, and superstorms, America's energy policies must reduce our dependence on fossil fuels, not simply reduce our dependence on foreign oil. That's some pretty big words, you know, and they're calling him to task on some of the things that they asked for and thought they had received from him, but apparently not in light of some of his policies. And politicians better watch out. Environmental groups are starting to get some pretty big clout and money. Here's an example. Environmental group demands a refund from Democratic congressmen it wants back. <laughs> Representative William Enhart, the environment calling, and they want their money back. And Thursday was the day for environmentalists to really get on the politicians. The League of Conservation Voters on Thursday sent a letter to Einhard, a freshman Democrat representing Illinois' 12th district, asking him to return the $5,000 donation that his action fund gave in support of the 2012 election bid. Can they do that? Can they just say, give me my money back? <laughs> well, they could ask for it back. I don't know, legally, you know, if there's any sort of remedies they have, but uh, they sent the letter to Anyert and they can try. I, maybe he'll be a gentleman and say, oh, you're right, I didn't follow <laughs> Here you go. I, I took it under false pretenses. Here you go. <laughs> I mean, um, the group is upset that Earnhardt signed as a co-sponsor legislation that would block the Environmental Protection Agency's new rules limiting emissions from coal-fired power plants. Now, the League of Conservation Voters says in the letter that its co-sponsor of the bill violates the pledge that he made to the group while on the campaign trail that he would actually support the EPA use of the Clean Air Act. Mm. And now he's working against it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the letter actually includes an excerpt from the questionnaire he filled out as a candidate affirming his support. So, I mean, I thought when people were running for office, they could say whatever they wanted and then not do it. I yeah. thought that was kind of like the whole idea of being a politician. Yeah. <laughs> well, for some politicians, but then sometimes the donors, if you don't do what they ask, they, they get upset. So this is the League of Conservation voters say the group has never asked a politician for a refund before, at least none that any of its current employees can remember. So, I mean, it's an unusual step, but it just shows how strongly they feel about him breaking his word. Yeah. So. Yeah, and Enyard is also, <laughs> he's one of the co-chairs of a group of pro-coal Democrats known as the Coal Blue Project. So, his association with coal might have something to do with why he is not following through on the Clean Air Act. I mean, I don't want to jump to conclusions there. <laughs> But it could be related. So, I mean, they actually have proof that he's straight up lied. Yeah. I mean, that's the big deal here for me. Yeah, and, and it's, it's not something he just, like, said to them in private. He filled out a questionnaire that said he would actually support him. They gave him money because, you know, 
They're like, okay, here's a candidate that backs our values. And then he completely is not supporting it. Not, I mean, not only is he not supporting it, he's co-sponsoring the legislation against it. Yeah. That's kind of a big deal. Yeah, well, that's, that's how you can tell he's a freshman representative. He actually put down on paper that he was going to do it. That that was his first mistake. That's the sort of thing you imply, allude to, and then it take the money and then just forget about it. But since he put it on the questionnaire, now it's coming back to haunt him. Oh, yeah, it's there. it shows there are, I guess, consequences for people going back on their word in public. I have a question. Have you seen some of the pictures that they're showing of Beijing, of the all the pollution that they had there? Yeah, I have. I actually, I actually saw an interesting picture that showed a billboard of uh, it was a giant screen where they showed the sun rising because the pollution was so bad, nobody could actually see the sun rising. So their solution was, let's create a giant TV billboard. Yeah. And you could see the sun rising. Yeah, I've heard about that. It, I've, I've since read that they actually, it was part of an ad loop that just was showing the sun's rise. They weren't actually just showing it because of the, the soot. But still, the image is still very captivating of like, the sky, it looks like a fog or something, like a really thick pea soup fog, but it's soot. It's like pollution in the air. And they're watching the sunset on this big screen. Like huge, bigger than a movie screen. Like, like, I don't know, 50 feet, 60 feet wide. I don't even know. I'd have to see it again. So it's been such a bad problem that Beijing is actually banning any plants to help clean the air. They announced on Wednesday new steps, including no new fossil burning power plants will be allowed to be built in the city. Existing facilities will not be allowed to expand, and same goes for steel, cement, factories, and oil refineries. These rules will take into effect in March. So, I mean, that's a big deal. Yeah. I mean, the pollution is so bad that they're just like saying, no more pollution. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> You know, and it, they're not saying that they're weeding themselves off. They just say, we will not pollute more. Yeah. So, but they are weeding themselves off because the demand for energy and all that will be increasing. And so whatever increases is going to have to be clean energy just to be able to produce the energy that they need. Yeah. Speaking of clean energy, we've got to do this one quick because we've only got a few minutes left. But uh, can clean energy replace a shuttered nuke plant in California? Last year, they decided to close the San Onofre nuclear power plant in Southern California. And it's created a challenge for utilities. How best to replace the 2,200 megawatts of generating capacity? Some of the region's utilities are pushing more fossil fuel, but the environmentalists are pushing for clean tech for solar and other ideas. Yeah, somebody wants to bring in natural gas instead, but the, uh, a group of environmentalists and neighbors of the plants uh, are saying they want to do renewable energy instead, and they've been submitting proposals about it. Well, it'll be a model for other 
places who want to, you know, close down their new plants and create clean energy. Yes. You can turn nuke plants and coal plants and all the other plants into solar and wind. Today is National Compliment Day and also Belly Laugh Day. <laughs> so I guess, are you supposed to make a compliment that's so silly that it'll make someone laugh? I guess so. <laughs> Saturday is yeah. National Speak Up and Succeed Day. So if you forgot to do that the rest of the year, speak up on Saturday and succeed. Monday is Thomas Crapper Day, <laughs> the inventor of the of the crapper. Yeah, <laughs> that's one Monday of those. Monday is also UN International Day of Commemoration and Memory of the Victims of the Holocaust. Yeah, and it's a big deal because that's the day that Auschwitz was delivered, uh, was liberated. You know. Yeah, and it's important to have those days now because as as time goes on, the people who were actually there are have started to pass on and. New generations need to remember not to repeat the same mistakes and to speak out. And it, 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 it is also remembrance for victims of Nazism in Germany. So it's not just, you know, it's all over the world. So. Yeah. Wednesday is National Seed Swap Day. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. It's also Thomas Paine Day. Uh, we've had several things on the show before us about Thomas Paine, uh, his his life and his work. So, uh, his day on Wednesday. Inane answering machine message is coming up on Thursday. All right, let's get to a couple of these happenings. Open mic night on Friday tonight at 7 p.m. at Guy House Interfaith Center. Now that the semester's back, they're over there doing some music and poetry and whatever else you want to bring to the mic. 913 South Illinois in Carbondale. Also tonight at 7 p.m., Winter Folkstravaganza at Cousin Andy's. It's winter, and your chance to warm up with the Folkstravaganza. Yes. Also coming up, we have the Carbondale Community Farmers Markets. They've restarted. They are having their winter's market. And it's Saturday from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. I just saw a news story about how they're accepting Link Card now. So people who are on Link Card can buy fresh local produce, eat something healthy. Carbondale Animal Rights Action Team will meet on Sunday, January 26th at 6.30 to 8 at the Guy House Interface Center. This group exists to bring people together who care about animals. Yes. We also have coming up, uh, let's see, let's get to this, Human Trafficking and Sexual Violence. It's a discussion coming up on Wednesday, February 5th at 7 p.m. at Guy House Interfaith Center. They're partnering with the Women's Center to, uh, uh Dr. Jen Freitag from the Women's Center, uh, to have an event about human trafficking, a form of modern day slavery where people profit from control and exploitation of others. You can learn more about what it is, how to recognize the sign, and what you can do about it on Wednesday, February 5th at 7. And speak, speaking of the Women's Center, their annual Tasty Fundraiser will be Friday, February 7th at the Carbondale Civic Center. And you probably should get your tickets because in the past they have sold out. It is the taste of chocolate. Lots and lots of chocolate, gourmet coffee, and wine, desserts. Go to the Women's CTR.org 
or 618-549-4807, extension 228. Yes. All right, well, it's been a fun year, Community Spirit. I'm glad we were able to get you on the air. It's time to hand over to Fresh. Uh, any last words before we part the connection between the two land masses? <laughs> no, just sending you warm. Yeah. We're, we're not warm here, so we're glad you got some warmth there. <laughs> All right, well, we will see you next week on the radio.